You are listening to the Life Nomadic Podcast, a podcast of inspiration, life lessons, philosophy, honesty, stories from the road, and, well, whatever the hell else I want to talk about. I'm your host, Brandon Collins. So let's get weird. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Life Nomadic Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Collins, and... Christina is like, try, why are you trying to make me laugh straight away? Oh, God. I have a feeling this episode, well, no, this episode can't go off the rails because it's a pretty sensitive episode, but it might anyway, just because it's Christina. And for those of you who've been listening, you've probably heard me mention her a couple of times. She's one of my favorite humans. And today, uh, today we're going to talk about trauma, uh, dealing with that, with PTSD, fear, things like that. So just as kind of a little disclaimer, the topic is going to have some sensitive subjects and um, things. So I'm not saying that you should turn it off because you definitely should listen. But if you are someone who deals with PTSD or or something with guns, because it's going to be a pretty heavy episode. So just beware, maybe if you want to pause... Go get a tea and a blanket or something, whatever you need, um, and then come back because I think it's going to be a really important episode. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, without further ado, uh, let's get into it. This is Christina. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm nervous. You're nervous? Yes. Why? I don't know. You perform on stage <laughs> in front of people. <laughs> it's That's literally fair. just me. That's fair. And there's only like a hundred people that listen to this podcast. so Including me. Okay, so 101. Yeah. Well, no, I did include you in that. Oh, got it. So, yeah, it's not like (laughs) thousands of people listening, so you're fine. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) I'm ready. Okay, yeah, well, um, yeah, let's go. Um, Hi. So, I I guess there's really no, like, simpler way to dive into this, huh? Nah. Right? Um, So, October 1st, 2017. Five years? Five years? Um, I actually had snuck in to the Route 91 concert. My whole family didn't even know I was there. Of course Um, you did. Right. I had a wristband that was cut that I literally just taped and walked right in. (laughs) Totally. It's totally fine. Um, it was a three day concert and I actually only attended that Sunday. Um, I had friends in town from here, from Reno and they convinced me to go. Um, so yeah, it was a normal, normal night. Um, and, uh, my story might be a little PC. Um, you're, I guess I can't. What do you mean by PC? PC as in like, it may not all kind of flow together a little bit. (laughs) I thought you meant politically correct. No. Like like, it's my podcast. You can say whatever you want. No, like PC (laughs) as in like, it may not flow because I don't remember certain parts. Right. Um, so um, anyways, we were at watching Luke Combs from across the way. And I always like to say that Luke Combs kind of saved my life because if it wasn't for him, we'd be closer in to Jason Aldean. And we all waited for Luke Combs to sing his like one last song. So we were like late. Um, so it's kind of a weird scenario, but, um, anyways, we were, uh, going to Jason Aldean and we were kind of in the back, um, actually 
if you're facing the stage on the right, which is where the Mandalay Bay was, like mm. right there. And, uh, you know, we were dancing and I was hanging out with a bunch of firefighters who I had just met. They were mutual friends with my friends in town. Um, and all of a sudden, it kind of sounded like fireworks, actually. One went off, two went off, and then Jason stopped singing and I had the, one of the firefighters was like, what was that? And as a joke, the other firefighter was like, whoa, your PTSD kicking in or what? Oh and we my. were all kind of like, okay, whatever. And, um, then I looked to my right and I just remember people booking it, booking it, like running and screaming. Mm. And then the shots started going and going and going and going. Um, it actually to me sounded like a machine gun. I, but it wasn't obviously, but, um. Um, it's like I said, it's going to be a little PC. Uh, I looked to my right and there was a woman laying on the ground, holding her leg. And I just remember being like, holy crap, this is real. Right. Um, and I froze, froze. If it wasn't for this firefighter, I probably shouldn't name his name for privacy issues, but, um, I don't know where I'd be. So I remember him grabbing me and throwing me down and just holding my head like just like like a baby almost right mm. and um people screaming and things getting thrown everywhere and uh I remember him saying this is not good and then I remember saying, somebody, like, somebody stop him. Who is this person? And for a moment, nobody knew where it was coming from, right? That was the big, the whole thing, is people thought that someone was in the audience. People yeah. thought there was more than one. Um, oh, man. And uh, I remember um, laying on the floor with him on top of me and looking up and just thinking that this person's going to turn the corner and I'm... I'm out game over Mm. and in that like split 15 maybe 10 seconds which feels like the longest 10 seconds of your life you weirdly think about everyone in your life yeah my parents my siblings um my friends uh Justin who is now my husband but boyfriend at the time and uh then the shots stopped and I I weirdly remember people's faces very close to me. Um, and, uh, I remember the, the firefighter saying, we have to go. And I didn't want to move cause you're, why would you move? Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he, I re- literally remember him picking me up. And at this point I had lost my mutual friends that I was with from Reno like separated it was her and her parents her Mm. parents were with us who I grew up with I mean I've known her since kindergarten and um we separated and he grabbed my hand I remember him grabbing my wrist and we just ran and I I this whole part I don't it's a blur I remember there was like one of those electric scooters on the floor like tipped over Mm. and we had stopped to make sure like no elderly person was on the floor um this also might sound crazy, but I just remember running and like not looking back, but like feeling 
it might sound crazy, I swear, but like feeling like bullets, like past, go past me and like ricocheting and hearing them, like hearing the sounds, you know how, if you, when you go shooting, you hear it and you hear like the, that's basically what you heard. It's a very, very distinctive sound. Yeah. Like that spiral, like sound clicks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, um, then we turned a corner and I stopped. It was like a cement wall and I had stopped and my firefighter was like, no. So he kept, we kept going and we hit, um, I can't remember. It was a, a fence, but no one could some reason get over it. So him and I kicked it. We kept kicking it and kicking it and kicking it. And then finally we were able to pull it up and him and I let like a hundred people go. Whoa. Yeah. And then there was like a half wall, like a cement wall that we had to climb over. And I remember climbing over it. And I, I don't know if this is where I broke a couple of my fingers or if it was when people were jumped on top of me. I, there was some point where I broke fingers. What? Yeah. I told you my story is very PC. Well, I've heard it before and I don't remember you telling me that. Yes. It's all very like it. I broke these two fingers and you don't feel the pain realistically when you're in adrenaline rush. I didn't even realize it until after. Um, But I can't remember when I did it. So I can't remember if people were stepping on my fingers or if it was like when I was climbing this wall, like trying to get over. And then I remember my phone dropping and I had one of these like, um, you know how the cases you can have like the cards, like your credit card in your case. Oh, like on the back of it. Yes. Yeah. I remember everything dropping, but my insurance card. <laughs> I just remember my insurance card for it's some a weird reason. thing to remember. I know. Right. I just remember seeing it and I was like, screw it. So I left everything, grabbed my phone and then, um, from where the, uh, shooting happened to UNLV is a pretty good distance. I don't know if you know, I want to say it's like two, three miles. Maybe Mm. we ran all the way to UNLV. Holy moly. Yeah. In cowboy boots. (laughs) Let me tell you. Just a casual 5k. Right. I didn't even, and you don't even realize that your feet are bleeding and on fire until you stop. And then you're like, I finally was able to catch my breath. Um, and I still separated from my friend. Um, so it was me, um, and my firefighter and he was trying to calm me down and I had like a full blown meltdown. Like I didn't even realize I could not get the words out. Um, at this point you could still hear everything. We weren't all the way to UNLV yet. We were kind of, again, sorry, my story is a little confusing. It's It's all kind of coming back to me. Um, I remember calling my mom and I couldn't get words out to even say what was going on. Mm. I had, I just handed the phone to my firefighter and he, I'm telling you, it was the calmest I've ever seen someone in these situations. And he had explained to my mom and my parents what happened. And my mom dropped the phone and like started screaming. Cause you could mm. still hear gunshots in the background. And wow. my mom was like, and my firefighter was like, I don't, I don't know what's, I don't know what to do. I don't know what's happening, but something's, I remember him saying something's not good. This is not good. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, um, actually miraculously turned the corner from when we were running towards UNLV and I had seen my friend and her parents, we connected again. Oh, cool. Right. Um, 
And then I had another friend when we got to UNLV somehow managed to get to his car. He was also at the concert. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he called me and, um, picked us up. And then finally I could comprehend what was happening and all the things. And then, um, I looked down and I was bleeding. So I don't really know to this day. I don't really know if it was from a bullet, if it was from people, if it was from a ricochet, I don't really know, but I have a, um, I had a big gash in my arm that I had to go get fixed up. Whoa. Yeah. So I don't, I don't. And then the crazy part is, is I just met these firemen and one of them was a woman and she was amazing actually. Um, and they, when we got into our friend's car, I thought they were going to come with us. And he kind of looked at me and was like, it's my civic duty. I have to go back. What? Oh, wow. So they went back, um, and helped. Mm -hmm. And by this time, the the shots were over. Um, but yeah, that's kind of, and I just didn't know if I was ever going to see him again. So finally, um, the people that I was with, we're staying at the Luxor, but everything was shut down. And um, at this point, no one really knew what was going on. So the casinos started panicking because they thought it was a terrorist attack. Of course. Right. And so all of the casinos are shutting down and freaking out. And people on the strip are in full-blown panic, which is let alone thousands and thousands of people on a Sunday night. Um, and then I had a friend who worked downtown at one of the casinos and his place shut down and he had to lock himself in his office for hours. Cause no one, no one knew what was going on. No one yeah. at this point, no one knew where it was coming from, who was doing it. And so, um, we ended up back at my apartment and, um, I just laid there. I didn't even, I don't even think I got dressed. I think I just stayed in the outfit that I was in and I just laid there and stared at the ceiling, um, all night. And then I had to take my friends back to the Luxor and it was the eeriest I've ever seen. It was wild. They wouldn't let us go past a certain point and they had to prove that they were staying there and they had to get their stuff and they couldn't stay there. So they had to like book a flight in the car. And I mean, I would want to get out of Vegas too, to be honest, if that was me. But um, yeah, yeah. they like they closed the hotels down Mm -hmm. and like kicked everybody out of their rooms essentially yeah especially the what? mandalay bay um from what i've heard uh i don't know if the delano did but the mandalay bay probably did for sure um because it, he rented out like a whole suite and um he had like three different setups the shooter did uh-huh oh, oh i didn't yeah. know that he had like thousands and thousands of rounds like was ready to go oh um, yeah so he had like a bunch have you have you talked to or reached out to or heard from the firefighter? Yeah. So, oh, really? Um, oh, yeah. Um, every single year on October 1st, I message him and say that I'm very grateful for him. And Aww. I don't know where I'd be without him. And he, Bless you. Yeah. So um, uh, it was five years, I believe. Um, right? 17, 18, I five don't years. remember. Yeah. Um, last October. And um, uh, yeah, I always, I reach out to him every year and say thank you and I don't know where I, I truly don't know where I'd be because I would have just froze yeah which is wild because it, you know you you think that you're trained in all of these things and then it happens yeah. <laughs> and then you're like I just froze 
I truly so yeah I always message him and say thanks and he always responds and is like hey no worries like (laughs) (laughs) he's a super cool guy so that's awesome yeah um so I know that was heavy huh (laughs) yeah I'm trying to process it because you kind of told me that story but it was not nearly as in depth because I think I was like no, no, no. Yeah. Stop talking. Yes. <laughs> we need to get this on on the podcast. Well, and actually now that I remember, again, sorry, my story is so... That's all good. You don't um, have to apologize. Not connected. But my phone had died earlier that night and I had asked a stranger who had a regular phone charger sitting next to us if I could charge my phone for 10 minutes and he said yes. So uh-huh. I couldn't imagine if my phone was dead because I had friends who saw my location, who knew mm. I was there. Um, oh, so and then yeah. your phone dies, so they yeah. were panicked. Yeah. Yeah. And I couldn't get a hold of anyone. I kind of want to talk about what you've done yeah. since then. Because um, we now have kind of a background on the on the Yeah. Um on the whole thing and um Sorry, I'm so stiff snuff stuffy. That's all right. Um Allergies. it's really it's really interesting to to hear from people who've been through these kinds of horrific things yeah and <clears throat> i love how you're just barely taking a drink good job even though you're smacking your elbows on the table <laughs> <laughs> i'm the worst at this that's all right um we're in a new location so um it's it's a little echoey so Sorry. i apologize if it's echoey um what was i saying uh oh yeah um because knowing you and and knowing your personality and the way that you that you carry yourself and the way that you conduct yourself, I would have never thought in a million years that you went through something as traumatic as that. Mm. And so that's kind of really what I want to like get into yeah. today. Um, so maybe let's start. What happened like right afterwards? Obviously, that day was just a was just or in that evening, sorry, and probably all the way into that next morning. Did you even sleep? No, no, I didn't sleep at all. Yeah, I can't imagine you would. I just laid there. Um, yeah, I dropped my friends off, and they immediately went to the airport. They were out of here. Um, and I, I just, I think I, honestly, I don't really quite remember, but I remember going home, and um, my roommate coming home, and just, like, crying together. Um, because yeah. at this point, we still didn't know we what was going on right it was just hey biggest um american shooting on you know uh shooting on american soil Mm -hmm. um that's all we knew we didn't know who it was we didn't know how many people we didn't yeah you know i had um a mutual friend who was the um this might be a little disclaimer just so you guys know um a mutual friend who was there who had to be the person to announce them alive or dead. Oh, right. Yeah. And, um, had to put like a tag on, it's kind of sad, uh, like something, I don't know if it was a tag or something on it, but, um, a way to distinguish. Yeah. Yeah. Who's who and who's what. And, um, I had another friend who lied and said that he was ex military so he could stay to help. Oh, Mm hmm. Cause he was mm-hmm. like, if this is how I go, this is how I do it is helping people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so after we just, it was more kind of like the city shut down. 
It was wild. Um, I stayed home. The firefighter guy came over to make sure that I was okay. Um, I slept a little bit now that I remember. Um, and then I flew home. I flew back here. Yeah. I immediately booked a flight, um, to get out of there. Stayed here, um, for like a week or so with my mom and just spent time with family and then, um, jumped right into therapy. (laughs) Oh, straight away. Uh, it wasn't really my, I guess it was my choice, but more my family was like, listen, we don't, we would like you to see someone and mm. talk about it. Cause I didn't want to talk about it. Um, but realistically, and this is a lot easier said than done. Um, I kind of healed my own self. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just kept waking up saying like, I'm not going to let some crazy person ruin my life. Yeah. Right. I, I survived this for a reason. There's a reason that I'm here. Um, yeah. And I told the therapist that and they were pretty proud of me actually. I, I remember. Um, and I just went to the therapist kind of like what I'm doing now just to tell my story. Yeah. Talk about it. Um, and then I went back to school, UNLV and they had, um, like free therapy sessions for people. Oh, they yeah. had like dogs, mm-hmm. um, they had all sorts of things that really helped. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it was a lot. <laughs> yeah. And so between, between the therapist and you kind of just saying, you know, I'm not going to let what happened yeah. um, affect my life negatively. What, what kind of brought that on? Because obviously you can't like what prompted you to say that or to start thinking that way? Um, you know, because I've always, I had people that I knew that were there, that it was destroying them. Mm -hmm. Um, I kept dreaming about it. I kept talking about it. And finally I just kind of like put a halt and was like, listen, if I keep going, it's going to destroy me. Like I have to, start doing little things and I have to keep going. And, um, I watched friends of mine just even still to this day, um, talk about it all the time. Um, granted they could have probably seen things that I didn't see. Right. Worse things. Um, but yeah, it just was one of those things that I, I I felt like I didn't have a choice. It was either go this way or go that way. Mm -hmm. And I just, I had, I had to figure it out. I had to, you know, I had to take that path. Um, but there are still moments for sure where the PTSD kicks in. Um, I think so far I've had two or three moments. Oh yeah. Where, um, your body, you cannot control you. It's wild. Mm -hmm. Um, one of them was at the rodeo and we were underneath the tent and <laughs> you heard it this time. Did you? It. It's okay. Um, we were at the um, rodeo underneath the tent, and um, my husband and I were dancing, and my parents were there, and we were all having fun, and the fireworks went off without mm. me knowing. Yeah. And I just remember seeing pitch black, and then waking up on the floor. Oh wow! And then my mom's like crying, and my Justin was like, "Are you? What is happening?" And then me like standing up, being like, "I don't, I don't know what that was." what was that? I don't know what just happened. Like, did I just pass out? And then my dad being like, um, that's a PTSD thing. 
at me being like, oh, oh, got it. Got it. It was just me, the unknown, like not seeing the fireworks, Mm -hmm. not just hearing them because that's how it starts. It really essentially starts like fireworks. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I woke up on the floor and your, your body does weird things. Yeah. Crazy things. Tell me about it. Oh my God. (laughs) Um, Your eyes block out trauma. Oh yeah. That's because like when I was telling my story, I I only remember certain parts because I just remember blank because your, your eyes kind of help your brain in a weird, Mm -hmm. weird way. Um, and then another one, I guess all my instances have been at the rodeo. Um, (laughs) (laughs) wow. I wonder if maybe, Uh, maybe I should stop going. Um, Another one was we were in the tent and there was a bunch of people having fun. And um, now that every event that I go to, you'll notice that I'm always near an exit or Mm -hmm. not in the crowd. So if I ever go to a concert, I'm more in the back Mm -hmm. where there's room um, to breathe. But my sister is not like that at all. My sister likes to be front row, front and center with all the people. Mm. And I, for some reason, got in my brain that, it was going to happen again at the rodeo in the Jack Daniels tent. And I couldn't find my sister. Oh no. And it like gave me like heart palpitations, like instant anxiety attack, like dizziness, um, almost kind of like you're drunk in right. a weird way. Um, and I couldn't, like she wasn't answering her phone. And I just had a meltdown. And then finally I saw her and she was like, what is going on? And I just was like, it's going to happen again. And she's like, okay, slow down. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, that was another incident. Uh, yeah. So it's more kind of, um, if I know something's going to happen, it's better. Mm-hmm. Um, like when we did evil dead, right. I had to pull Joe, not that I thought that this would happen, but when I had to, uh, the gunshots went off, mm-hmm. I had to pull Joe just to like tell him, Hey, this happened just so you know. Right. Um, if something does happen, let me be alone and go outside and comprehend. Um, but just a disclaimer for them. And they were like, wait, what? Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> you would have never thought that. Chris had to like sit me down and like do another therapy session. <laughs> yeah. Well, you told me, I think you told me, I don't think I even knew until after Evil Dead or maybe halfway through Evil Dead. Yeah. And I was like shooting a blood cannon right next to you. Yeah. Right to Michael's face. Ugh. Loved it. I love that kid. I miss those days. <laughs> Me too. I could do I that I miss too shooting forever. Michael in the face. Me too. We're, we tried really hard to get the blood cannon in Jaws, but Dang I don't it. think it's going to happen. Dang it. I know. <laughs> I think Mason has PTSD. Honestly. <laughs> from cleaning it all up. I would have PTSD from cleaning all that shit up too. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously we're not talking about actual PTSD, right. but... Um, yeah, I guess I don't, I guess I don't really talk about it. Yeah. I guess I don't really, I, I honestly try really hard to just live my life and still be me and be mm-hmm. the person that I was. Obviously it changed my life. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I want to say it changed my life in a more in a positive way. I know that kind of sounds crazy, but it made me more aware of my surroundings and people and behavior. And Mm -hmm. it actually made me more aware of mental health and, um, Oh, okay. Right. It made me more aware of people who have these things. Right. 
Um, cause you always hear people that have PTSD and in the military and all these, mm-hmm. you know, my uncle is one of them who was in the military years and years and years ago and went to work and was fine. And now he's retired and he has PTSD now. Yeah. 40 years later. Yeah. It, 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 that's the thing. Yeah. You know, you can, you can get something like a PTSD or, yeah. uh, Late, it doesn't matter. It, it can be minutes after the totally. the event, or it could be decades afterwards. Right. It just depends on how your brain decided it wants to process it. And I, I'm obviously not a professional, but right, neither am I. I would say that by you going to therapy straight away probably helped you be able to deal with it. Yeah, and then not have it sneak up on you 10, 20 years later. Yeah. Actually, the therapist wanted me every time I saw her to retell my story mm-hmm. because the more and more you tell your story, the more it's not bottled up right. and just creating um, like this, you know, almost explosion right. of emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it she was great. Um, I only went to her for like maybe three weeks after. It wasn't even like. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I know. I. I People keep asking me how I do it, and I'm like, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I just did. I And that's the crazy part is I just did, but a lot of people can't just right. do, you right. know? Um. So, yeah, I just, I really just had to remind myself, like, there's crazy people wherever we go, mm-hmm. and you can't let these crazy people ruin your life. You have yeah. to keep going and keep doing things, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, and and I think that it's it's fortunate that you have that kind of um, mentality because some people don't have that, and it just oh. crushes them, and there's mm-hmm. nothing they can do about it. And yeah, I mean, there is something they can do about it, but it just takes them a lot longer. Yeah, um, and and a lot more help. Um, I think another thing that helped me too a lot, and you know, um, this maybe you know a lot but um when I uh a couple weeks later maybe months later I came back up to Reno and I immediately enrolled in a CCW class oh you did immediately right I learned all the tick the tips tricks how to you know disassemble a gun how to do all Mm. of the things how to you know shoot someone how to take cover how to do all of that and then I actually got to shoot the gun that Tried to kill me. What? I did. Mm-hmm. They had one. And they were like, you want to try it? And I said, yeah, let's do it. And I know that's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was more like me mentally. Like, right. yeah. It's, um, it's, a, it's a form of exposure therapy. Yeah. Um, and it's a way to help you process yep. all the things. And, and it the more knowledge you have on so fear a lot of times is based on the unknown not knowing something and and not being you know like for example on stage if you don't know your lines you're gonna be scared to death when you go on stage but if you know your lines there's nothing to be scared of yeah it's all boom 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 yeah same thing with you know with um with ptsd or or really any other kind of like um uh, mental health um, type things is 
when you don't know about it, it's terrifying and it makes it so much worse. And then once you understand kind of how it works, at least this is how my brain works. And I'm just assuming that's how the rest of the world is, but which is dumb, but (laughs) that's me. It's fine. Um, So I, it's interesting that, that you did that, but it also, for me, it makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, not everyone can do that. No. You know, yeah. some people are going to be terrified of guns for the rest of their life, and yeah. that's totally fine. That's just how yeah. you're dealing with it. Um, but if if you're listening and you're a type of person who likes to just go at the thing, like that would be something that you could do. Yeah. Obviously, n- not right away and not, would you say three weeks later? Or? Three week, yeah, it was um, kind of, well, three weeks and uh, actually it was like a month later, I want to say. Yeah. But the people who were training me didn't know and the wife oh. had told them and they like totally changed their demeanor. And I was like, no, yeah, don't do that. Right. Keep going. And yeah, they're yeah. like, well, we can start slower. I'm like, nope. Like, yeah. this is how I want to fix it. This is how I want to cope. <laughs> so I think I already know the answer to this because you said that that it's it doesn't it doesn't hit you as much when you're aware of it than when it like surprises you but what how was the first shot that you that you made how did that how did that feel um honestly it was like trigger therapy <laughs> is that wild <laughs> no it's just that word that term rather well and i but it's like it was a very um i think more the process signing up and getting there and like getting all my own stuff was more scary, scary than Mm -hmm. actually shooting. Right. Right. Because the people that I were with, um, were so well-trained that like, I knew I was obviously, you know, in good hands. Right. Right. And safe. And they had taught you, they teach you everything even before you even touch it. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but that first shot was kind of like a weight lift off shoulders. Right. Okay. It was more kind of like, I, I don't really have another term to say this. How appropriate can I be with this? Um, kind of grabbing life by the balls. Right. And you don't have to be appropriate at that's all. That's fair. Love that. Um, but yeah, like kind of grabbing life by the balls right. and taking my power back. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. That's yeah. 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 And I, agree. I, not a lot of people can do that. Right. And it's totally okay. I have family members who couldn't do it and it's totally, totally fine. I just, in order for, I know myself and in order for me to fix it, I have to kind of fight fire with fire essentially. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. If that makes sense. Well, yeah. And I mean, if, and if it's, if that's the way that, that you as a person works, that's how you solve problems. Yeah. Then yeah, obviously, absolutely, that makes perfect sense. Yes. And and like shooting is cathartic. Mm-hmm. There's something. Okay, so if you're listening, you're probably like, you probably think I'm like super like far left, like liberal <laughs> guy, but I'm not. I'm I'm I, I don't assign any kind of political value to how I view the world or how I vote. Um, I am a gun owner. I was in the military. I was a, a, a shooting instructor in the military. Mm-hmm. Um, I have tons of knowledge and I have a ton of guns. I, <laughs> I, I believe in like gun safety and I believe in, you know, um, 
rational gun laws right. and all that. So I just want to get that out of the way. Um, but there is something to the whole mechanism of how a weapon fires. And so I just want to take out the whole, obviously weapons are meant to kill yeah. people. No, but, yeah. but when you're shooting at a target, you pull that trigger and it makes that noise and that and the and the and the weapon recoils and and you can hear all the mechanisms inside of it it's very cathartic yes and so ptsd aside it's very helpful for some people right um sorry i'm so sniffly oh my god these allergies are kicking my ass get a log oh my god i know do it okay (laughs) um but I was surprised when you first told me you're like yeah how I dealt with this I just went shooting and I was like wait what <laughs> but I know people are like what the hell the is wrong get, with yeah, you yeah but the more I get to know you the more that that actually yes. makes sense to me yes um so recently you had a thing at your school yeah so I actually and I remember you were texting me the whole time yes. like through the whole thing um and I want to talk about that because how you handled it, I thought was really cool and I was super proud of you. So Thank you. Um, so I am a teacher. I am a high school teacher. And that's another reason why I had to kind of get over the PTSD, the P- I guess not PTSD, you can't get over PTSD, but like the fear mm-hmm. is I have to be the adult in a room full of children. Yeah. Right? So if something were to happen, it's me. I have to be the one to step up. Yeah. Um, and when I... I actually had a friend who I had a conversation with and said, I didn't really think of it that way. Um, right. Like I can't just, you know, cower in the corner when I have a bunch of children. Yeah. yeah. Like, um, we did, we had an incident at school. Um, God, that was wild. Um, it was like a random Wednesday and there was, oh, so yeah. Um, it, we had a threat, right. Um, it was airdropped to like, hundreds of students and you can't figure out who's an airdrops from if you Mm. don't have their name saved it just says like iphone 12 or 13 or whatever and so someone was just walking around airdropping this photo that you know something's gonna happen this time and blah 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 and um yeah it was it was kind of weird but um so we were in a lockdown i think it was just a code yellow um and my kids started to panic because it did take, we were in lockdown for maybe like two hours, two or three hours maybe. Yeah. Um, but there were police officers in the hallway with their guns, like, you know, and I had to con- tell the kids like the right people are in where they're supposed to be. Yeah. Right. Where I was, there was really no right people. Right. <laughs> Everyone's just dancing listening to country music and then they're the security guards that you pay, you know? Yeah. Um, the right people were in the hallway. So I had to just kind of continuously remind them like, Hey, this is where we need to be. The people who are in charge are handling it. Um, so yeah, that was a big, um, that was a big thing. Uh, it ended up being totally fine. Thank goodness. Um, but yeah, I was texting you like, yeah. Great. <laughs> and my school is so great. They knew what happened to me. So I had a couple, you know, principals text me being like, are you okay? Are you good? I'm like, I'm fine. Right. I'm fine. I'm telling you, your mentality changes when you know the right people are in the hall, like in the area to help. Right. So. Yeah. That's totally different than when you're in a crowd at yeah. a concert right. in Vegas. Like you feel. Right. Although you did have. 
your savior firefighter with yes. you? Yes, I did. After the thing at the school, after it all kind of settled down, did you, how, how did you kind of process that? You know, there is kind of some moments that that happens where I'll get in my car and take a deep breath and being like, oh God, okay. Um, but again, I just had to, I guess the quote that I use is don't, you know, I'm not going to let crazy people ruin my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I just continuously keep telling myself that, um, you know, I checked on all my kids, the ones that I, weren't in my class at the time I texted them and made sure that everyone was okay. And parents and my own parents and you and all my friends. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, there are moments where. I do get in the car and I, um, kind of just debrief (laughs) a little bit, um, and play, uh, Oh God, I just hit the mic. I'm the worst at this. You're fine. Um, uh, play music and it's honestly Brent Michaels. (laughs) Oh my God. Here we go. Um, and that helps. I remember you telling me something about Brett Michaels, like my life. saving your life or, or something like just that. Just helping me. Get yeah, just the helping day. you through life. <laughs> like when you're spiraling, you just throw on some poison. I do. I do. Oh, yeah. You, um, I think it was before opening night, you were like, I'm freaking out. I did. Like, I just put on nothing but a good time I and did. I'm good now. <laughs> I did. I like blared it in your Jeep. In my Jeep. Yes, that's my jam. Brad I Michaels. just, I can't, <laughs> I would love to be like a fly on the wall when you drive by, you're just sitting at a stoplight <laughs> in your Jeep with the top down, cranking nothing but a good time. Oh, wait. <laughs> I'll drive by your shop. <laughs> I'll just be like, um, did you guys see that weird person that just it's drove not, by? That's not my friend. No idea. That's, that's, that, that's not Christina. I'm pretty sure that's not. <laughs> So yes. <clears throat> so music helps as a therapy. Mer- music is a huge um, therapy. Uh, we actually do, a, not to bring back students, but I do a lesson every year. Um, it's called the playlist of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have to pick five songs and events that happen in their life and put a song with that event um, and explain why. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I, I showed them mine and I picked a Jason Aldean song and I put a slideshow of me at Route 91 and all the pictures that I had and all my mm. kids are like, what? wait, what? Like, like you were there? Yeah. What? Yeah. Um, and there were, you know, some of them were in elementary school when it happened. So it wasn't like, um, but yeah, I do a, like a playlist of our life and we talk about like how music can help you overcome thoughts and emotions and things and you know brett michaels is mine (laughs) (laughs) it's fine it's fine just leave it i'm gonna i'm gonna get you a bracelet that says wwbmd what would brett michaels do (laughs) yeah yeah done he would rock out to nothing but a good time (laughs) yeah and drink a ton of wine i'm so sorry dear listeners oh my god yeah, if you've tuned out, sorry. So sorry. We can bring it back in. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> d- speaking of music, does um, does country music 
even like do anything weird for you? Um, actually, Jason Aldean does this. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's a couple times where I've heard him on the radio, and um, I turn him off. Oh. Yeah, he's a good guy. He did it's nothing not his wrong, fault. right? He did nothing wrong, yeah. but it's just kind of like a weird, like not like a trigger, but a memory. It's a trigger. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I guess, yeah. but I don't. Nothing like really happens. I just don't. It's kind of one of those things where I'm like, I just don't want to think about this right now. I mean, and then I change it. That's the thing that happens. That's fair. <laughs> I mean, y- 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 your episodes don't have to be it's you great. passing out and falling on the ground. Y- like totally, they can be as minimum as. Yeah. Ugh, that makes it makes me feel weird. Just change it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I do pretty good. Like I play country music in my classroom all the time, and sometimes I don't even notice if he's on, and oh, then okay. I'll notice like towards the end that it's him. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I generally notice it, then yes, I'll turn it off. Yeah, I'll change it. Yeah, which is kind of sad because I really liked Jason Aldean, but yeah. it's okay. So one I mean, day, maybe someday. Yeah, one day yeah. we'll we'll hop over that fence. We can do generally. some exposure therapy. Right. Just listen to it for like one minute. And then change it to Red Michaels. (laughs) (laughs) You know what, though? I love Poison so much. I have a Poison playlist on on Spotify, and it's what I listen to when I'm cycling. I love it. And it's not just Poison, but it's that whole era of music. Yes. And we're totally getting off subject. So sorry. Whenever, like, if I'm feeling down. Yeah. And I, and I know that a lot of people, and I talk to people about this quite often, and it makes no sense to me, but when people are feeling down, they listen to sad music. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm like, fuck that. No. I'm trying to listen to happy music. Right, me too. Sure. Like, so what I'll do is if I'm feeling sad about something, I allow myself to just be sad and mm-hmm. sit in it for a few minutes. But then when it's time to move on with my day, I don't want to continue listening to sad music. So I put on anything from that era and it instantly puts me in a better mood it does poison yeah. motley crew white snake any oh, of those so good. they're so they're so good twisted sister quite right like come Damn. on come at me with that yeah um so music is very powerful so that's that's a good um a good coping mechanism yeah. um which is a nice little segue into Coping mechanisms. Here we are. <laughs> Look at that. Um, so maybe we're, we weren't as off topic as we thought. No. Yeah, absolutely. As I banged the table again. I didn't even notice that oh, one. Oh, I totally felt it. Well, <laughs> maybe just don't say anything. <laughs> now everyone's going to be listening to it. <laughs> so sorry. I guess it's my fault. Well, I was trying to like, I was trying to motion to you to stop doing it without saying anything and you weren't picking up my cues. So you were just I, like staring at me okay. intently and I was like, am I doing something wrong? And then <laughs> I was like, oh God. I should have just pulled the microphone away and been like, stop banging the fucking <laughs> table. <laughs> I'm just going to sit on my hands. No, you're fine. It's fine. Um, it's fine. It, it wouldn't be that big of an issue if we weren't in like, uh, yeah. A Very, super, yeah. This is the least echoey room in this house. That's crazy. Yeah. Okay. But when I set up again, um, We'll do it better, but that's beside the point. Uh, coping mechanisms. Let's Hi. talk about that. Hi. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, since then. Yeah. Can you, can you help us through some coping mechanisms that you use for when either um, to help alleviate yeah. some symptoms or avoid so, them or whatever? Yeah. Um, I'm actually almost done, but I'm um, getting another degree in um, mental health. Um, Wait, what? Yeah. You didn't know that? How did I not know that? I don't know. I think I've told you. I feel like you're hiding something from me. I clearly am hiding a you lot of things. You tell me everything. 
Um, I'm almost done. I have two classes done. Oh. And I have a degree in um, adolescent mental health. Oh, that's uh, with amazing. an emphasis in family dynamics. Um, and they had, that class has actually helped classes, I guess, tremendously with oh, coping yeah. mechanisms. Absolutely. Because that's what it's all about. Yeah. Um, but on one, and I use this with my students, I use it with my friends. Um, I've had friends who've had panic attacks on stage. I use it um, all the time. Is It's called the five things. Have you ever heard of it? No. So if I'm into a spiral... I feel like I've told you this. If I'm into a spiral, if someone's into a spiral, find five things you can see and like blatantly name them out. So like right now I would say like this table, the candle, like just five things. Okay. Okay. And then it's four things you can touch. So like I feel my hair, my clothes, the table, you know, my wedding ring, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Three things you can hear. Then name them out loud okay. two things you can smell and okay. one thing you can taste cool and it really helps it like it's a very weird almost like your brain is so focused on trying to find the five things that it it almost stops the panic attack before that's exactly what it's doing yes yeah. and i've had to do it multiple times so like okay if the first one doesn't work like change your scenery turn around mm. right what do you see over there And then like for my students, I've had a couple that it doesn't really work as much. So I'll have them describe the five things. So like this candle in front of me and I'll say like, okay, like what color is it? Like, what else do you see? Like, do you see any other colors? Like, do do you know, like, is it bright? Is it like, Mm. and that seems to really calm myself and others down from when I help them. Um, That's a huge coping mechanism that I use um, because then it's, you're almost back to reality after and then you can kind of be like, okay, I'm good. Right. Right. I always start to see whenever I get a panic attack, my, the tips of my fingers get really tingly. Mm, same. Yeah. And so that's kind of like my starting, like, okay, you may have to roll into the five things yeah. um, here real fast. I'm surprised I haven't told you that. No, you haven't, but <laughs> it's a huge one. That's amazing. I've, yeah. Cause <clears throat> I don't have too many panic attacks. Right. I get, I'll get it seems like once a year I'll get one. Um, That's good. And, and, but I do get anxiety. I don't, so I'm not, I don't have like medication or anything for it. I don't, I don't know if it's bad enough for that to happen, but I do get anxiety. Right. Um, and most times what I'll do is I'll lean into my meditation and I'll focus um, on my breathing. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, totally. But that's not always something that you can do. <laughs> I knew this episode was going to be a mess. Oh my God. It's totally fine. It's fine. I you just, okay? Yes, I just drank water wrong. Please don't die. Uh, clearly. Oh my you God. have a show tonight. Oh God. Oh, that's right. <laughs> oh God. Where was I? Oh, yeah. Meditation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not always something that I can, that I can do. Yeah. Um, especially like, so I'll get anxiety in a room full of people. Yeah. And like, I'm not typically an anxious person Mm -hmm. obviously I can command an entire room full of people and I can talk to groups of people and I'm fine but every now and again it'll it'll hit me and instead of removing myself and going and doing some kind of a meditation I could just look at five that's amazing (laughs) so the the, from what I understand from the so my minor at um in my undergraduate was Mm -hmm. um addiction treatment services and so 
there was tons of therapy classes in totally. that. And I learned so much about coping mechanisms and um, yeah. all the things that, because a lot of the root of addiction comes from mental health things. Yeah. And I didn't know, you know, where my addiction came from. And I knew, I knew that I had alcoholics in my family, but I, but why did I get it? And my brother didn't. Yeah. Um, and so then it, it, it came down to anxiety. I had mm-hmm. no clue that I had been anxious my whole life mm-hmm. because I just thought it was just how you are. Everyone was. Yeah. And then I realized that that's not the case. Mm-hmm. Um, and so one of the things that turns me personally from, and I, and I know this is also for lots of other people, when you first start to feel anxious, you start ruminating and you mm-hmm. start thinking about things and then you start catastrophizing things and everything and then you're spiraling and spiraling and you can't get out of it and I then call, it turns into a panic attack. Yeah, I call that the toilet bowl of suck. Absolutely. Because you're yeah. just going. You're circling you're going. the drain. Right. Yeah. You're just, and you just and can't. So if you, if you start to feel like, yeah, my fingertips start to get, um, yep. and like my jaw, like my jawline will get like tingly. Yeah, I get like heart palpitations yeah, and I can yeah. like feel it. Right. Yeah. I feel it coming and then, yeah, just look at the candle. Because what that does is it, your, your brain, as much as we'd like to think it does, can't think of more than one thing at once. No. It's not possible. Right. Um, I actually learned that from my dentist. They shake your cheek before they inject you. Oh, yeah, because then you can, you're focusing on the, sh- the cheek shake. And, and less on the, the... Totally. Yeah, which I'm like, okay, cool, but I still feel yeah. that need giant needle from across the room. <laughs> your cheek thing's not working. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks, <laughs> thanks, thanks for nothing. Thank you very little. Yeah. Yeah. But so it kind of snaps you out of that. Um, mm-hmm. I use this example, and I think I've done it a couple of times, but like Tony Robbins think about him whatever you want i don't necessarily agree with everything <laughs> about him but there's this one thing that he does where he will have um this uh people will stand up and they'll start telling him you know whatever problems they have yeah. and he'll let them start to spiral and then he'll say something super fucked up to him like there was this one guy he was like oh this this, this. and before i go on i'm not I don't mean to be a jerk. I'm just saying he, he was being really whiny about what he was saying. Right. And Tony Robbins just looked him dead in the eye and he was like, well, I hate your fucking shoes. Oh. And the guy was like, what? He's like, and then it, it snapped him right, right out of that, that whole thing. Yeah. And then Tony was now able to talk to him about whatever the thing that he, that the huh. issue that he was having. And so I think it's very similar to that. Yeah. Cause when you're, when I start to spiral, Oh my gosh, like it's bad. Uh, and then in, in with meditation, and if you were listening to the last episode, because we talked about meditation, you can't stop your thoughts. Yeah. It's not possible. Stop trying. It's not going to happen. Stopping your thoughts is like stopping your heart. Yeah, no. You can't do it. No. You can slow it down. Right. You can slow your thoughts down. Right. You can distract your thoughts. Yeah. But they're going to be going on. And if you just keep paying attention to them, you're not going to get anywhere. So by focusing on thing you have to not only look at it you have to see and describe what it is in your mind you have to find what the word is for that certain thing yeah and then the countdown i love the countdown because it's not just five things it's a countdown so you have Mm -hmm. to move through all of these and the hardest one is like okay say if you're like right here right now and what do i smell right like Mm -hmm. you have to really think about it okay the candle in I don't know my skin yeah like hair. my hair right so sometimes you're 
you have to really stop yeah. and think like, okay, what do I, if you're in the middle of driving, what am I tasting? Like, shit, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So you kind of have Saliva. to, right. You kind of have to like really stop and think about it. And like I said, if it doesn't work the first couple of times, it's totally normal. Mm. Right. Yeah. It takes a lot for you to calm your thoughts down. Yeah. So try it again. Change your scenery. Yeah. Describe what something looks like. Okay. Describe the smell. Like, is it fruity? Is it, you know, salty? Like, yeah. I don't know. Salt smells, but whatever. But, um, salt. That's a smell. <laughs> yeah. That's seawater. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> totally fine. And, um, yeah, it seems to really help me. Another coping mechanism that I do is working out, which mm. I know you and I have that in common. Yeah. Right getting on my spin bike and just jamming out or going Mm -hmm. and lifting a shit ton of weights, Mm -hmm. right? And dropping them on the floor. (laughs) There's some sort of like therapeutic thing to that. Absolutely. Um, We do this one uh, assignment in class with my students. I call it the baggage assignment. And it's a coping mechanism for them that I just tell them not to write their name on this piece of paper and to write everything that's going on in their world. Whether it's good, whether it's bad, whether it's stressful, what's going on? Explain it on a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. And they write like crazy. Like they'll go nuts, okay? And then they're kind of staring at me. And then I have them crumple it up. And then I have them throw it at me. Oh, like at you? Yes. Oh, I bet they love that. Oh, they do. Okay, they throw it at me. And then I read it to them. It, there's it's, it's anonymous, mm-hmm. right? There's no names on them. I read them out loud. I'll, I'll skim through it before, obviously, just in case there's some sort of um, something in there that needs to be just between, you know, me. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know who wrote it. Sometimes I'm, uh, my co-teacher and I are like, oh, you know what? This person maybe should come talk to us. Just side by just moments. But then the kids can realize. So sometimes it's like my parents are going through a divorce and blah, 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 or all these things. And then I can go, well, how many of you are in split families? And exactly. they, all read, they all raise their hand. Yeah. And I'm like, look around. Look around, you're not alone with these issues, right? You're not alone with these problems. And it's like a weird, it opens like a whole door to comfort Mm -hmm. with the kids in my classroom. Um, It's a huge assignment. It's very deep, but it's a coping mechanism for them to just get it out, write it down. Mm -hmm. And I always tell them that, like, if you can do it at home, do it at home, write it on a glass plate and go break that shit somewhere in the, you know, like the fact of putting something out and then crumpling it up and then tossing it is like a a step by step of like taking it and just kind of, you know, there I am with my table and my elbows, um, taking it and kind of throwing it away and, you know, it helps a lot. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. There's, there's actually, um, quite a bit of, not quite a bit, but there is some science behind um, like journaling yeah. and um, I forget what it's exactly it's called. I, I interviewed a guy. Um, he's a, a professor at Harvard, Harvard. Cool. I think he's at Harvard and he um, does a narrative therapy. I think that's what it's called. Narrative cool. therapy. So you're, you're basically writing down things and so many therapists, almost every therapist that I've ever been to has told me I should have a journal. And I, I do keep one from time to time. Um, for me, just writing day to day 
doesn't serve me. It's me neither. It becomes it becomes more of a, a, a chore, chore than yep. anything. Mm-hmm. But if there's something on my mind that I need to get out, boom, writing it on a piece of paper feels so much better. Yeah, or even writing it in your phone. Like have yeah, notes. Something. Yeah. Have notes, like, you know. <clears throat> yeah. That's an, a huge coping mechanism. Yeah. Um, well, and like when, 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 and it's, it's similar to how therapy works. Something's inside your head. It's just living in there rent free. Right. And then when you say it out loud, it becomes real. It becomes totally. a tangible thing and then you can deal with it. Yeah. Same with writing it out, writing it down. When you're, when you write it down, you don't, you're writing it sub subjectively Mm -hmm. but then when you read it you're reading it objectively you're reading it as somebody else and then you can empathize with this person that's written this thing even though this person is you yeah um it's it's really good for self-love because i'll go back through my journal and i'll just be like wow i was really upset about that and then it helps me because i I, i'm really bad at like negative self-talk okay was really bad at that i'm much better at it now yes but I was really bad at it and right. I'm getting better. I still sometimes, but it helps give me empathy and um, grace for myself when I read back. I'm like, man, I was really upset about mm-hmm. whatever the silly thing was. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems silly now looking back, but then it was a, a, a thing, yeah. which also helps me. It helps future Brandon when something is um, happening to me. I can think to myself, you know what? In a couple of weeks, you're going to read back this and be like, wow, that was really silly. Totally. And so it helps me kind of be like, okay, it's not that big of a deal. Right. Breathe in. Describe five things. That's a new thing. I'm telling you, you're going to use it all the time now. What's the fourth one? Uh, Touch. Oh, touch four things, smell three things, taste. um, See, touch, hear, taste, smell. Okay. I'll write it down for you. Thanks. You're welcome. I'll put it in the show notes. I actually have written it down for students before and they've kept it. On the back of their phone case, like taped. Oh, amazing. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, it makes me, it, it makes my heart smile and it fills me with so much joy that you are like this with your kids. <laughs> because when I was in school, well, we weren't taught anything about coping. Yeah. We didn't talk about mental health at all. Yeah. And I'm not even, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, I'm not that old. So this wasn't that long ago that I was in high school. Right. And we wonder why, um, you know, students are, are shooting up their schools or uh, getting addicted to, to whatever substances or, you know, cause it all comes down to mental health and, 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 and I know it's much better now, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. It could be much better. Oh yeah. I mean, it, it <clears throat> and, always could be better. And it's just talking about mental health. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to start this podcast is because I just want to keep talking about mental health because, yeah. and I've said this before, like, if you were to tell me, oh, I'm going to go to the doctor for like a checkup, I wouldn't even think twice about it. I'm just like, all right, cool, mm-hmm. whatever. But if you, but if you say, oh, I need to go to therapy or whatever, my first instinct would be like, <gasps> why? Yeah. Why? Are you okay? Are you okay? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it should just be like, oh yeah, of course you are. Right. And, and, and I'm saying that because I want, I really, 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 really want my listeners to feel safe and feel okay with yeah. And, and proud to yeah. go to a therapist because there there doesn't have to be anything quote unquote wrong with you. Well, yeah. And that sometimes, I mean, sometimes therapy is not for everyone, right? So right. I have students who are like, I don't want to do it. I'm like, totally fine. Let's find a book. Let's right. find a podcast. Yeah. Let's find, you know, a, you know, a live nomadic podcast. 
duh, <laughs> not sponsored. Um, <laughs> um, but that's what I'm saying is some, like some people don't like talking to strangers. Right. Totally fine. Right. There are other versions of therapy out there. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I said, podcasts, books, right. music, you know, writing something down. There's so many other mm-hmm. options that when you hear the word therapy, people are like, some people are like, no, I don't want to talk to someone. Right. right? I was like that at first. Yeah. I was like, I don't want to talk to someone about my feelings. They don't have enough time in the day. Right. Right. But, um, I find podcasts are fantastic right? because you're not like having a conversation with back and forth with someone. Right. Um, but you can listen, sit and just listen, which is great. I, I wonder if, if, Obviously, you know, there's people who don't like talking to people, but like nobody likes going to the dentist, but I we go. Nobody likes going to the doctor, but we go. So I wonder if. Nobody likes getting tattoos, but we still do them. <laughs> do we? <laughs> I do. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> um, so I, that's, I, to me, that seems like there's a stigma there that's, that's making people think, oh, I don't want to go talk to a stranger. Like, right. yeah, I don't want to go talk to a stranger either, but I know that I need to and that I, that it's part of my mental health. If I, yeah. if I make an appointment with my therapist, right. Um, if they say like, what's wrong or let's talk about what's whatever, I'm instantly like, okay, well, I don't want to, I don't want you to be my therapist anymore right. because I just want to check in. Like there doesn't have to be something How wrong. Are you? How are you? Yeah. <laughs> just ask me that. Yeah. Um, and so I am guilty of this. I typically only make an appointment with a therapist when I start to feel like I'm spiraling um, yeah. with something and I can't handle well, it there's anymore. There's nothing wrong with that. And, 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 and I'm thankful that I now am able to recognize that and, yeah. and, uh, nip it in the bud like straight away. Mm-hmm. But would it be better if I just spoke with my therapist for a couple of weeks, once a year for no reason whatsoever. Maybe, maybe that should be a thing I should do. I don't know, but I just want people to hear the word therapy and not be like, you it's know, because I, they have to be vulnerable. Right. And nobody have, wants, to nobody be wants to be vulnerable. Let me tell you something right now. Being vulnerable is the most empowering thing you can possibly totally. do. Totally take your power back. When, when, the the first time I ever told anyone that I had an addiction uh, and that I was dealing with all this was in front of a camera that was about to be uploaded to um, GoFundMe, not a personal GoFundMe, but GoFundMe, the website themselves. Oh, wow. They came to Black Iron Gym and did... Um, a like an expose, I guess, kind of thing okay. on um, reps for recovery. And so the first time I ever told my story was in front of the camera. And like, I was like, there it is. The world knows now. But how empowering was oh, that? Oh man, the like, very next day I felt so, I felt so good. Right. Like I was like, because it's my story and I tell it how I want to tell right. it. And, and yeah, no one, no one can, no one can judge me. No because one. this I said it, you know, well, it's, and it's mine. Think about all the people that are scared to tell a story that you just influenced to exactly. tell a story. Yes. And that's actually one of the reasons why, one, why I wanted to have you on, but also why I do um, public speaking from time to time yeah. on addiction. And I tell my story because I want, I, I want someone that's in the, the audience listening to think to themselves, oh, 
Yeah. He's standing up there and telling everyone the most horrific parts of his life. Oh, man. And he's fine. Mm-hmm. I can do the same thing. Maybe not go speak to other people, but go talk to someone. Yeah. A, a trusted family member or a friend or a coworker that you trust mm-hmm. or a therapist. For me, I'm way, way more likely to tell someone I don't know the deepest, darkest parts of me Interesting. than I am with like a friend. Yeah. Because there's, they don't, they don't, you don't know me. You're yeah. just a person that's getting paid to listen to me complain about my life. <laughs> like, <laughs> here, you deserve it. You asked for this. Here it is. You signed up for yeah, this. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Cool. We're over an hour already. Oh, um, really? Wow. Yeah. So, time flies when you're having fun. Yeah. Let's, let's do this. Let's, um, we talked about coping mechanisms. So, Let's say someone's listening okay, and they've been through something traumatic yeah. and they haven't been able to, or maybe, or maybe they're listening and they know someone who's been yeah, through something okay. traumatic and they're not quite sure what to do. Can you give them some tips on how you did it? Like the, this isn't the way to do it, but like how some tips that you do or what, um, what do you think you, you did? Okay. Um, So, okay, can you repeat the question one more time? I was thinking really hard. (laughs) Somebody's not listening to me. I just was listening so hard that I forgot. No, that's right. Um, I was saying uh, if somebody who's listening um, went through something traumatic, like what advice would you give to them um, or maybe tell them what you, some things that you did? Um, My first advice is take it day by day, right? Right. You're not going to solve the problem in an hour. Right. It's going to take a long time. It's a process. Mm. Um, slow down. Right. you when you start to spiral, hit those coping mechanisms, um, and talk about it. That's my big, that's my, and sometimes that's just even mentioning it is step one. Yeah. Right. The fact that you can talk, tell your story right? Like we were kind of saying is huge because once you put it out there, it's a weird weight lift off of your shoulder. Um, but even if you can't put it out there, like just saying, Hey, this happened. Step one done. Right. You're already Mm -hmm. a step closer. Mm -hmm. Um, even into like an empty room. Yeah. Like, right. Um, really find someone, whether it's, a friend, a teacher, a coworker, or a loved one, or a therapist that you can try to tell your story to, right? Um, I think my biggest, I'm, I feel like I'm going in circles. I feel like my biggest tip is just to try to talk about it, yeah. right? That helped me the most is just tell, retelling my story and telling it and telling it and telling it. Instead of bottling it up, it really made me realize like how many people are there for you around you and want to listen and want to support you and you know feel for you um I think that's my biggest advice and if that's a struggle like try to see if you can write it right I've had students that can't tell me things but they write it Mm. to me right and then they leave it on my desk and then they leave and then I read it and then I'm like okay 
right? So even if you can't tell it, try to write it. Just try, I would, my biggest thing is just put it out there. Mm, get it out. Get it out. Because yeah. if you bottle up, then you're going to start spiraling and spiraling and spiraling. Like it's okay. Everyone, everyone goes through shit in their life, mm. right? Whether it's, you know, what happened to me or what happened to you? Like everyone's got a story to tell. And I think the quote that I've always heard in, um, my friend Sydney always used to say it to me is make your mess your story. Mm. Right. It's kind of true. Yeah. So, yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Thank you. Sorry fun. that we were a little all over the place. <laughs> if you know me, it makes sense. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm not even, I knew going into this, that it was going to be a, 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 a shit show. So no, it was great. It's fine. No. I, I, it was fine. Yeah. Okay, I don't great. think it was bad at all. Okay, no, it was great. lovely. Well, thank, thank you for you. sharing. I know that's sometimes can be difficult, but hopefully yeah. it can help somebody. It's actually kind of nice. I haven't talked about it in a while. Yeah. Yeah. So it was kind of refreshing a little bit to get my story out there yeah. and, you know, take life by the balls. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Kick today in the dick. Yeah. Whatever, if, whatever saying you want to use. I always, if life's the dick, what is it? If life's the dick, if life is the dick. Fuck it. Or something like that. (laughs) All right. We need to go. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You need to be. That's water, right? That you're drinking? Yeah. Right. Um, So if you um, are dealing with trauma or PTSD, uh, there there is help out there. Um, Reno Behavioral. um, Reno Behavioral Health Center. Health. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Reno Behavioral Health Center. Healthcare. um, Yeah. Quest Counseling. There's. Just type in, Hot just lines. type in PTSD counseling Reno. Right. Um, there's tons of stuff. Um, and as scary as it seems, therapists are so warm and understanding and right. welcoming. It's their job to be that way. There's a website. I, I want to say it's S-A-M-S-H-A. SAMHSA. Or something. Yeah. And you yeah, can like yeah. type in any mm-hmm. resource and it gives you anything you need in your area, which is super cool. Yep. Yeah. Sam says the Sam says the substance abuse and substance abuse and Men- mental health yes services or something. Yeah. Samsa S A M H S A. That helps tremendously. That's an incredible website. Yeah. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah. I've I dropped the ball on that one. Do I should have. Do the five things. Whatever you can. Yeah. Yeah. Do the five things. So I'll put um, some stuff in the um, in the in the show notes. And do you want to give your social media is yeah anything? um yeah you guys can reach out to me too whatever you can brandon will put on my my cool. info yeah and then um and if you want to say hey yeah. i enjoyed re- listening to your i think this will i think your show will be over by the time this comes out but Yay. go see kiki boots <laughs> we're selling out like crazy mm. or go see shark which is the one i'm in wow. which i'm excited to see too I know. i'm nervous don't be nervous you're gonna be fine it'll be fine Okay. Um, Yep. So that's it. Thank you. Bye. Bye. All right. Well, thanks for hanging out with me. I hope you got something useful from this episode. If this is your first time listening, uh, please consider subscribing so you don't miss out on any of the other fun things that we'll be talking about in the future. Uh, If you enjoyed this episode, uh, I would encourage you to go to wherever you listen to podcasts and leave a little review. This really does help me grow the podcast. And of course, if you have any questions or comments or you just want to connect on all the other social medias, you can find me on Instagram 
at Life Nomadic Podcast on Twitter at That Life Nomadic, uh, Facebook.com forward slash Life Nomadic Podcast, or you can just send me an email, Life Nomadic Podcast at gmail.com. Once again, thanks for listening. I look forward to talking to you guys, and we'll see you in the next episode. <laughs>